Alright, hello um, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, True Crime, Cult, Conspiracy, and Cryptid Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And um, I'm a little sick, so if I cough or sniffle, I'm getting over a cold, so just... Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we didn't record for two weeks, like, because you were really sick last weekend. Yeah, last Sunday I literally laid in bed all day. So, I mean, I could have done it. I just really wouldn't have wanted to. <laughs> you would have sounded like me during the uh, South Dakota haunted South Dakota episode. Yeah, yeah. Where I sounded just progressively worse. <laughs> so, I'm on the rebound. Um, just a little bit of a cough, and some sniffles so i'll do my best to not do it into the microphone but i appreciate that as well because i've got the headphones on (laughs) okay i'm gonna cough right now hold on (coughs) all right all right cool and it's your turn so that's kind of helpful because you can get it over with yeah i'm gonna just i mean i think i should be fine but okay um yeah I literally know nothing about your case this time. Like, I don't know where it is. I don't know what it's about. I like, I mean, we never know what it's about, but I don't even know where it is. Um, It's an estate that we're, I think we've only been to maybe once. Ooh. I'm try- I was trying to think if we've been there more than that, but I can only think of one episode. I was going to go through all of our episodes and I have a list of like all of our topics and put the state with the topic. Mm. That might be a good idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're going to go to Missouri. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know if we've... We did the Kansas... I did the Kansas City Hotel. Yeah. Hyatt Hotel. I think it was a Hyatt. Um, disaster. The Regency. Oh, was it? I don't yeah, remember. I think it was Hyatt Regency. Isn't Reg- it Hyatt Regency? Yeah. The same thing? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think... That's literally the only one I could remember. Yeah, I think you're right. So I'll go, I'll go through all of our episodes before we, we hit way too many to do it and add that to my list. Cool. Um, and we're going to be talking about an infamous case. Ooh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you've at least heard of it before. I don't know if you've like heard the whole story. Um, I'm trying to think and I'm like, I've, I definitely like heard of it. I hadn't like dug into it before i just knew the very like basics of it okay but um we're gonna be talking about the murder of ken mcelroy it's spelled m-c-e-l-r-o-y but i watched a video and they pronounced it mcelroy like m-a-c so okay i'm gonna go with the last name sounds really familiar but i don't know if that's because of the golfer oh probably (laughs) Um, spelled differently, but it kind of sounds the same. Yeah. Well, um, and you know, our family's big golf people, so that's the only clicking. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited to talk about this one. All right, let's do it. Cool. Um, okay, so Ken McElroy was a lifelong resident of a small Missouri town called Skidmore. You're... (laughs) I might be really mad at you. If this is the one I think it is. It's probably, probably is going to be the one you think it is. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I called this one. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No. If it's the one I think it is, yes, then I did. I definitely don't remember you calling it. Okay. 
because I I had never I didn't even know the guy's name. Okay. So, um, Skidmore, Missouri is located in the upper northwest corner of the state, not too far from the Iowa border. Skidmore is mainly surrounded by farmland, and in the 2010 census, there was a total of about 284 people. Our story takes place back in the 1980s, and the population back then was around 480 people. So it's a very small, uh, close Midwestern town. Although Skidmore is a pretty small town, it has had a few pretty popular crimes take place there. One in 2001 when Branson Perry went missing from his own home. He has never been found and the case has never been solved. And the second being in 2004 when Bobby Joe Stinnett, who was the cousin of Branson Perry, was found murdered in her home with her baby cut out of her womb. Oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah, the baby was found alive two days later in Topeka, Kansas, and her killer, Lisa Montgomery, was sentenced to death. That death sentence was carried out on January 31st, 2021. But no crime is more infamous than the murder of Ken McElroy. Now let's get to know a little bit more about the star of our story. He is on my list. Is he? Mm-hmm. But I don't remember you calling him. Then I'm wondering if I think it's a different person. It's fine. We'll find out. We'll I find really, out. If, honest to God, if you call it, I'm sorry, but because I <laughs> did not remember at all. You know, um, we'll just have a fight off air. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be our first off air fight about the podcast. I don't think we're actually going to fight. But <laughs> no, we're not. Um, Ken McElloway is born on July 1st, 1934, somewhere in Kansas, to his poor tenant farmer parents, Tony and Mabel McElroy. I like that it's somewhere in Kansas. Yeah, they didn't know where for sure. Interesting. Ken was the... 15th of 16 children oh my god the family moved between kansas and the ozarks and missouri before they finally settled outside of skidmore missouri ken dropped out of school in the eighth grade around age 15 and it was said that he was known to be not the brightest kid on the block around the age of 18 ken was said to have been pretty badly injured when a steel slab fell on him while he was at a construction site the incident was said to have left him with chronic pain as well as a head injury that may have fucked him up yeah we you see that a lot right um after ken left school and his injury wait that doesn't even make sense (laughs) don't you hate when you do that you're like wait a second yeah i wrote this and it still doesn't make sense (laughs) After Ken left school and he had his injury, he turned to a life of crime. He first started off small, hunting and killing raccoons, stealing cattle and pigs, and small-time theft. In two decades, Ken was suspected of being involved with the theft of grain, gasoline, alcohol, antiques, and livestock. However, despite having over... However, I said how over. However, (laughs) despite having over 21 charges brought against him over this period of time, Ken managed to have never been charged once. Or, not charged, but like found guilty, I should say. Okay. Convicted. Yes. Some of the more serious charges that Ken faced over the years were assault and arson, and of the most serious, he was accused of child molestation and statutory rape. Ken was... I, I'm i like 99% sure it's the one that I think it is, but I don't want to ask because I yeah, don't want to like ruin it. Yeah. I think you probably know what it is. 
Um, Ken, I'm look on our Facebook chat. What? <laughs> I'm looking on our Facebook chat. Did someone suggest this? No, one? no. Between you and I. Oh, we because have Facebook chat? I. Th- well, because I think I sent you like a documentary about it, and you were like, "Oh yeah, I've heard this story before," and I was like, "I want to do it." Oh, weird. I, you guys, I'm getting receipts. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've told you this before, but everything you send me, I don't really look at. She's so I told you that before. But, yeah, but it wasn't. It was different. It wasn't like I mean, pop culture. Well, it's because most of the time I've already seen what you sent me. Because I'm on Facebook ninety. See, here's the thing, you guys. I'm like really nice, and when I see things that I think Emily will like, I send them to her. When she sees things that she thinks I'll like, she just doesn't. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, don't. I don't. All right, keep going. Okay. Keep going. Um. So Ken was always represented by this big shot defense lawyer from Gallatin, Missouri, named Richard Jean McFadden. Um, Richard was always able to get Ken off with some sort of legal loophole, but it also helped that Ken was known to intimidate witnesses that could have helped him put him away. Um, he was a large man, around 270 pounds, and he is described to have cold eyes and always carried a gun with him no matter where he went. Um, he would frequently follow witnesses around, park outside of their homes, and just watch them until the point where they were so freaked out they would refuse to testify. Yeah, that's so, so creepy. creepy. Yeah. Ken's lawyer, Richard, was once quoted saying he defended Ken about three to, in about three to four felonies a year, and that, quote, He's making money. Yeah. Quote, best client I ever had. He was punctual, always said he didn't do it, paid in cash, and kept coming back. End quote. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, in a book written about his, this story called In Broad Daylight, author Harry McLean always wondered how Ken was able to beat every single accusation that came against him. Harry is quoted saying, um, quote, he didn't have a bank account, didn't have a social security number, he didn't read. How did this uneducated person, how is he able to outwit the criminal justice system for 20 years? End quote. Good question. It is a good question. And this is absolutely the story that I thought it was. Is it? Yeah. Did you find it? No, I haven't. I, apparently, I send you a lot of stuff. See? <laughs> but it's because I'm nice. <laughs> and I want you to see it. Um. Okay. So, Ken... Mac Alroy fathered 10 different children oh with 10 god. different women. Oh my god. Uh, his last wife he married, Trina McLeod, when she was just 14 years old after raping her when she was just 12. Oh, yikes. What a douchebag. Yeah. When he found out she was pregnant at 14, uh, he got her to drop out of school and move in with him and his current wife, Alice. He divorced Alice and married Trina to avoid statutory rape charges. Yeah, because that's a good reason to marry someone, you dickhead. Well, yeah, just a shit. Um, To get her parents to agree to the marriage, it is said that Ken intimidated them by burning down their house and killing the family dog. Just 16 days after the baby was born, both Trina and Alice escaped from Ken's home with the child and ran back to Trina's mom and stepdad's house to hide from Ken. But when Ken found out, um, he tracked them both down to Trina's family home, and he again burned it down and again shot the family dog. So he did this allegedly to the family two different times. 
Oh my god. Uh, Isn't that terrible? Yes. And then to not get tra- like get charged for or like because he's the scariest fucking asshole ever. It's just like crazy. I um, hate it. Based on Trina's story, Ken was indicted in June 1973 for the arson, assault, and statutory rape. He was arrested, booked, arraigned, and released on a $2,500 bail. At this point, Trina and her baby were placed in foster care home in Maryville, Missouri, which is about only 17 minutes from Skidmore. You know what's crazy is that she and her baby were able to be put into foster care. care. Yeah, I know. When I was writing this, I thought the same exact thing. That's so fucked up. I know. It's so sad. Um... Yes. Okay. So, uh, foster care, and it was only seventeen minutes from Skidmore, which I feel like that's like way too close for Ye- comfort. In my yeah. Opinion. Like, how is that supposed to protect her? Yeah. Ken found where Trina and the baby were, obviously, because I don't know. He's just like very good at that, apparently. Um, and he sat outside the foster home for hours at a time, just staring at it. He also apparently told the foster family that he would trade, quote, girl for girl, unquote. What he meant by that is he knew what school and bus the foster family's biological child rode, and he would trade that girl to get his child back. My face is just purely horrified right now, you guys. That is, oh my God. This person should not, he should not have kids. No. Like... No, not at all. Because yeah. you know he's abusing not only his wife, but also all of his kids. Probably. Why if he can get his hands on them, which doesn't seem like it's that hard because he's terrifying. Yeah. Um. Obviously, for this, additional vials were charged. But again, Ken was able to escape conviction. Of course he was. Yeah. On July 27th, 1976, Ken shot farmer Romaine Henry in the stomach two times with a shotgun after Romaine was mad at him for shooting weapons on his property. So Ken shot Romaine on Romaine's own property because Romaine was like, you can't shoot guns on my property. And Ken was like, fuck you, watch this. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, This... do you really think that the head injury could really have fucked him up this no, bad? I don't think so. Or do you think that it was like he was already pretty messed up in the first place and this just kind of... I feel like he was just pretty messed up in the first place. That's kind of how I feel about it too. Um, and maybe this like amplified it a bit. Yeah. That, or that amplified it a bit. But this guy just seems like he was just mean. Yeah, I would agree. And just like he knew, he knew what worked and he was like, I'm just going to keep doing it because it's been working for me for this long. So, yeah. And like, I've never faced consequences before. So, what's going to stop actions. me? Exactly. Um, Ken was charged with assault with the intent to kill, but Ken denied that he was even there. The case dragged on without a court date, and Romaine stated that Ken parked outside of his home at least a hundred times. When Jeez. they finally did have a trial, two raccoon hunters testified that Ken was with them on the day of the shooting, and they were... Because he scared the shit out of them and said, if you don't do this, there will be consequences. Right. And they were nowhere near Romaine's property. Romaine was also forced to admit under questioning by Ken's attorney, Richard, that he had concealed his own petty criminal conviction for more than 30 pre- years previously. Um, it also just seems like 
Ken's lawyer was like just very very good at his job and he was like very good at from like what I read finding like loopholes which is really unfortunate yeah for everybody in town except for the lawyer yeah which is why sometimes you gotta be like gross about a defense attorney yeah so I feel like it wasn't only the fact that like he was intimidating witnesses like doing all this other shit but it was also the fact that his lawyer was just like very good at his job yeah that makes sense um Due to all these circumstances, Ken was acquitted of the charges. So he literally shot a guy point blank two times in the stomach. That's freaking nuts. And was acquitted. Um, excuse That's me one second. I'm going to um, Are you, you going to cough? And I'm going to give everybody a quick update. Um, I went through all of our Facebook stuff until like 2019 and I couldn't find it. But I know for a fact that I sent you a link about it from somewhere because I was like, this is a good story. And you're like, yeah, there's like a bunch of documentaries on it. I've never so, seen a documentary on it, though. You like, don't... I know there's they did a movie about it or something. Yeah, I don't... Like, Sundance or something. I don't know if you said you'd, like, seen the movie, but you said you knew there were movies about it. Yeah. And we send each other a lot of pictures. I still don't remember this. And but stuff. If it's, you say it's, no, it's fine. That, then that's whatever. But it's fine. Maybe you should, this is a good one, so you should have hopped yeah. on it sooner. <laughs> I know. I should have. Um. Okay. Some of the stuff I sent you was really funny. <laughs> Sorry. In 1980, one of Ken's daughters was caught stealing a piece of candy from the local general slash grocery store. Um, the clerk, Evelyn Sumi, I believe is how you say her last name, asked the child to put the piece of candy back. Um, this enraged Ken, obviously. Because uh, yeah, because how dare you tell his child what to do? And she was like, she didn't even like, she wasn't even like, She's like, just put it back. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but again, how dare you tell his how child dare to. How dare you say that you show your my child that um, your bad actions have consequences. And like, you have to like. <sighs> Can you imagine being his kid's teacher? That'd no. be so freaking scary. Um, Now, what I find interesting though is, so this made Ken really mad. But instead of like going after Evelyn, he chose to begin stalking the owner of the grocery store. Um. 70-year-old Ernest Bo Bowenkamp. That's super weird. Um, They called him Bo, so I'm going to call him Bo from okay. this point forward, Um, and his family. Finally, one day, Ken threatened Bo in the back of the store with his shotgun. A fight ensued, and Ken ended up shooting Bo point-blank in the neck. Oh, my God. With a shotgun. Oh, my God. Yeah. Somehow, Bo ended up surviving. Holy shit. Yeah. Don't mess with Bo. He's a badass. <laughs> and Ken was arrested and charged with attempted murder. Um, Ken was released on bail while waiting for the trial. And again, he began... Which, why? Why would you release this psychopath on bail? I don't know. Him, his lawyer, probably. Oh, my God. His lawyer should be ashamed of himself. <sighs> he yeah. probably... He isn't. I know he's not, no, but he, he should be. Isn't. I... I'll say something at the end. Okay. But, um, so he gets out on bail. They're waiting for trial. And obviously, what does he do? He began stalking the Bowen Camp family. I'm shocked. Right. Uh, Lois, Bo's wife, said he would park outside of their home every night, sometimes just firing his gun so they knew that he was there. When they did eventually go to trial, something happened that never happened before. Ken was convicted. What? But not for attempted murder. What? He was charged with assault, 
which carries a two-year jail sentence. Um, so one of my sources, I watched a video and in the video they said that um, right before this trial, the district attorney in the area had retired or like, I don't know if he retired, but he was out of office and they think it was like Ken kind of forced him out of office. Okay. And then this new DA came in. I was like, uh, uh, uh. No, and he was like super young, like a couple years out of law school. Okay. And he was like, okay, what charge can I find that will at least stick? Yeah. And the one he could get to stick was assault. I mean, that's pretty ballsy. Which is crazy because... Good for him. He shot someone in the neck, but... Yeah, but it, I mean, at least there were consequences to his actions for the first time in his adult life. But this victory was short-lived. Great. <laughs> because Ken was released on bail pending his appeal of the conviction. Again, why are you letting this psychopath out on bail? And I feel like psychopath is an appropriate word. Yeah, this guy's just not so crazy. Yeah. After being released, Ken headed over to the local bar in town, the D&G Tavern, with a rifle and Great. a bayonet. A bay? Are you... What? Where did he get a bayonet? I don't know. <laughs> um, he began making graphic threats about what he wanted to do to Bo Bowen Camp. Shocking. Who he had already tried to kill. <clears throat> um, Again, don't go after Bo. He's, he's a badass. Yeah. At this point, the town of Skidmore was so sick of being terrified of Ken, so um, they decided to hold, like, a town meeting to see what could be done. Um, On July... You know, every single person that went to that town meeting was, like, pooping their pants the whole time. Yeah. He's going to come in. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. On July 10th, 1981, the town met at the town hall, which is just down the road from the D&G Tavern. The sheriff and the mayor attended the meeting as well. Um, the best suggestion the sheriff could come up with was that the town form a neighborhood watch, which I have no idea what that would actually, like, do. Yeah, how's that going to stop him? Right. Ooh. He's like sitting outside the neighbor's house like, again. Yeah, like... Oh, man. Like, helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, obviously, the townspeople were like, mm, that's not going to work. Um, and they were pretty fed up this at this point. They kind of felt like they were being abandoned by law enforcement, which they, I feel like they kind of... Y- yeah, um, that and the justice system. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the meeting ended um, with no really, like, resolution. Um, there was about 50 to 60 townspeople who attended uh, the meeting. So they walked out of the town hall and they turned to walk towards the D&G Tavern. At the same time, Ken and his still wife, Trina. The 14-year-old. Yeah, I don't know how old she was at this point. Okay. But yeah. Had just finished up uh, at the tavern um, for a morning drink. They just finished their morning drink, which is what you do in the morning. Well, and one of the last things that this man needs to be doing is drinking. drinking. Yeah. Um, the two of them walked outside and got in Ken's pickup truck. That's when all of a sudden shots rang out. Ken was shot at at multiple times from the back of his truck and was struck twice. His wife, Trina, dove out of the passenger side door and was not hit, so she was fine. Surprisingly, uh, no one called an ambulance and Ken died in his truck. I feel like you mean unsurprisingly, no one called an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I was trying to be sarcastic, but I might not have <laughs> portrayed that. Um, Ken was hit with bullets from two different guns, although there were as many as 40 to 60 witnesses. None, none of them were able to name who had fired the shots. Oh, the irony. The only person who came forward to name a possible gunman was Trina herself. Hello? Okay, so... Um, Del, show, sorry, Trina identified Del Clement, um, who was part owner of the D&G Tavern as the shooter, but no one else backed up her story. Now, <coughs> I read an article, or sorry, I didn't read an article. In that video that I watched that I mentioned earlier, yeah, they mentioned a interview that Trina did and Alice did with like People Magazine okay. not too long after this, and apparently they both like defended ken and were like he didn't do anything he said they all these cops said he did like the cops just like came after him for everything like do you feel like though that they were just like stockholm syndromed maybe into i mean i'm sure there's definitely some like psychological because like but i can't imagine there being a logical reason like that they would just defend him for no reason you and know like yeah i mean they said he was like a great guy and like all this stuff yeah so seeing that that it just clearly doesn't, doesn't track like line up very well so i mean i'm sure there was definitely like something well, psychological kind of going on there but um, trina was as a victim yeah for at least six years right eight technically because he's first had sex with her when she was 12 yeah or so, raped her, I should yeah say. so Oh, wait, that is still six. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Bad math. I was just going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, no. I got it. Um, yeah, so she was the only one who came forward. The local authorities and the FBI both investigated the shooting, but no one was able to solve it, and the DA never filed charges. And the townspeople were like, oh, darn. Yeah. On July 9th, 1984, Trina filed a $5 million wrongful death suit against the town of Skidmore, the county of Nottoway, Sheriff Danny Estes, and Steve Peters, the mayor of Skidmore, and then Del Clement as well. Okay. The case was settled out of court by all parties for $17,600 with no one admitting guilt. Um, they stated the reason for that they settled was to avoid costly legal fees should the suit proceed yeah so they kind of were just like let's just that's fair get this over with um so even though they like settled they nobody admitted any guilt or anything okay um well you i mean you kind of what did you expect (laughs) um a rumor went around that uh at that meeting at the town hall Uh, It was actually held to talk about taking matters into their own hands to stop Ken, but this rumor has never been confirmed. I was going to say, I feel like that'd be a really easy rumor to disprove or prove. How? That's a a huge number of people that have to keep their mouth shut. A huge number of people have never said who shot That's true. That's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. But I, I also don't think that this actually happened. No, I don't either because like seems a little far-fetched i guess now some people also said maybe like there was a small group of people yeah. in that meeting who were like okay if nothing is resolved this, this is, is what, what we're, we're doing do. yeah okay i would believe that before i would believe everybody being like 
we're good with murder. Right. So, I don't know. I still, like, maybe not. I think it was more of, like, he was there and they were fed up at this point after the sheriff was like, neighborhood watch. They were like, fuck that. (laughs) Um, Well, and I feel like the sheriff wouldn't have just been like, it's fine. Let's plot this murder. Yeah. You know, like. Right. He might honestly not even know. And that's why the sheriff hasn't come forward. You know, because, like, if if you're in a crowd of that many people and shots just start firing, like you might not know where they're coming from. You really might not, you know, maybe, um, you seem seem very skeptical of my theory. I just, I feel like most people know, but I feel like a good chunk of people know, but I don't think everybody in that crowd knows. I'm sure they do. They did at some point. Yeah. Might not been right at the moment, but yeah, that's true. At some point, everybody knew. I'm sure people still know and good for them for keeping it a secret. Damn. That's really impressive. Actually, I I don't know. I should say that, but (laughs) um, it's been over 40 years since Ken was murdered in broad daylight in front of 40 to 60 witnesses and the murder still remains unsolved. And that is the story of Ken McElroy. I have heard that one before. That is a really good story. It's nutsola. I like heard of it, but I hadn't like done all the like gone into it. Like I yeah. didn't know how like shitty of a person he actually I was. I think and that's why we drink did this one. I uh, think and I, I know that you don't listen to that one. That's no. that's a me podcast, but um I'm sure many of podcasts have done this one. Yeah, but, but I think that's where I heard it was that one. Yeah. So I mean I think it's very interesting i don't like it's like you really have to think of like morals like this guy sucked obviously yeah he's terrible 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 person but was the answer murder murder. yeah yeah it's like that would be an interesting question to ask like a um morals and ethics professor professor. or something yeah that could be a really interesting conversation because like you know it's not the best solution (laughs) like i don't want to say he had it coming but he also kind of but like you can't like (laughs) just antagonize that like a whole town for two decades and just like not expect consequences consequences yeah yeah i get what you're saying and if the town really did, like, I mean, I would have felt abandoned, too. Like, 20 years, and he, he shot two people, never went to jail, never... P- Intimidated the crap out of people and so stole things. So, I could see where, like, a group of people would be like, we gotta... Yeah. Or one person even just being like, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. But also, like, good on the whole town <laughs> for, like, protecting that per- person. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. This one's tough. This one is tough. Because you're right, it does put you in, like, this really weird moral position of, yeah. like, murder is not the answer, but also what what's the answer what is here? The answer? Yeah. Because, like, clearly the ethical ways of doing things was not working. Right. So, um, and I, I did say I was going to mention something about um, the Ken's lawyer. lawyer. Mm-hmm. In that video, again, that I watched, I, it was, I watched um, BuzzFeed Unsolved. Okay. They did a... Maybe that's where I saw it. ...video on this. Because I, I like BuzzFeed on Yeah. So I watched their video, and in there, they talked about, me like, this 
lawyer might have been like a mob lawyer. Oh. But I don't know if they were just like spitballing or if that was actually something they had found. Okay. I couldn't really tell by the way they were talking. So, I mean, that would definitely connect some dots. If you're already corrupt, you're going to do what you got to do. Also, where was he getting all this money to pay this lawyer? From all the animals he was stealing. Literally. (laughs) Like, crazy. Yikes. Um, so my... <coughs> Ooh, she almost made it. Almost. That one snuck up on me. It did. Oh, oh, see it, see it, see it. <laughs> Sorry, dog. Um, my sources were Wikipedia, um, YouTube.com, The Unsolved Mysteries episode, AllThat'sInteresting.com, Fox2Now.com, um... My first Wikipedia was on Skidmore, Missouri. My second Wikipedia is on Ken himself. Okay. And then onlyinyourstate.com. Yeah, that's a good one. That is it. That is the murder of Ken McElroy. Yeah, that's a crazy story. I'll be very curious to see or hear if our listeners have any opinions on this one. Yeah, please send us stuff, you guys. Like, we we really like communicating with people. Yeah. There's um, someone who... The other day it was like i'm so sorry I, i'm catching up on all your stuff right now i've been kind of out of it. and i'm like dude i don't care <laughs> like thanks for coming back that's yeah. what i care about um so yeah that was a fun one and again like i think that's only the second time we've visited missouri so. yeah if it's not i'll find out but yeah. as of right now that's that sounds right right um do you want to do social media um okay so our instagram is midwest madness pod no mw madness podcast <laughs> Ugh. um our facebook group is midwest madness podcast um you do have to be accepted to join the group just to kind of keep randos out and um, if you're new to the group welcome because we've had a, quite a few yeah we have new people join so yeah so that's really cool thanks for joining us and then um, our email is mwmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. And then I have been kind of like putzing around on Twitter a little bit. Um, I think it's mwmadnesspodcast there too, but I'm not positive. So Cool. Okay, guys. Well, we hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, I'm assuming most of our listeners are Midwestern and it, it feels like the weather is finally taking a turn. Oh dear to, sweet Jesus, please. To a positive side. It's been so it's cold. So cold. And so, he, it's been so windy here. Yeah. Um, the wind is what just kills you. Let's pray that uh, we stay in. I mean, I'll take the twenties at this point. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. Um, and sunny. Yeah. That's what I would like, please. <laughs> but other than that, we hope you have a great week. A good Valentine's Day. Is that before our next one? Yeah. Holy cow. Monday. The Monday before. Wow. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's what I celebrate because Valentine's Day is dumb. We're going to the wild game though this year. So. Yes, we are. That's right. Because our parents feel bad that we're both single. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> So dad told me that he wanted to invite another adult couple f- of theirs. And uh-huh. mom was like, um, no, we're bringing Danielle and Emily. <laughs> Thanks, mom. She's real G. <laughs> so have a good Valentine's Day yeah. or Valentine's Day. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye.